Chapter Six of the Bothy of Topernafuisich by Arthur Clough. This LibriVox recording is part of the public domain. Bright October was come, the misty bright October. Bright October was come to burn in glen and cottage, but the cottage was empty, the matoon deserted. Who are these that walk by the shore of the salt sea water? Here in the dusky eve, on the road by the salt sea water. Who are these, and where? Is it no sweet seclusion? Blank hillsides slope down to a salt sea lock at their bases, scored by the runnels that fringe ere they end with rowan and alder. Cottages here and there outstanding bare on the mountain, peat-roofed, windowless, white, and the road underneath by the water. There on the blank hillside, looking down through the lock to the ocean, there with a runnel beside, and pine trees twain before it, there with the road underneath, and in sight of coaches and steamers, dwelling of David Mackay and his daughters Ellipsy and Bella, sent up a column of spoke at the Bothy of Tobernafuyasich, and of the older twain, the elder was telling the younger how in his pittance of soil he lived, and raised potatoes, barley and oats, and the bothy where lived his father before him. Yet was smith by trade, and had traveled making horseshoes. Far in the army had some service with brave Sir Hector, wounded soon and discharged, disabled a smith and soldier. He had been many things, since that, drover, schoolmaster, whitesmith, but when his brother died childless, came up hither, and although he could get fine work that would pay in the city, still was fain to abide where his father abode before him. And the lassies are bonny, I'm father and mother to them. Bonny and young, they are healthier here, I judge, and safer. I find myself time for their reading, writing, and learning. So on the road they walked, by the shore of the salt sea-water, silent, a youth and maid, and elders twain conversing. This was the letter that came when Adam was leaving the cottage. If you can manage to see me before going off to Dartmoor, come by Tuesday's coach through Glencoe. You have not seen it. Stop at the ferry below, and ask your way. You will wonder there, however I am, to the Bothy of Topernafuyasich. And on another scrap of the next day's date was written. It was by accident purely I lit on the place I was going, quietly traveling homeward by one of these wretched coaches. One of the horses cast a shoe, and a farmer passing said, Old David, you're man. A clever fellow at shoeing, once. Just up by the firs, they called it Topernafuyasich. So I saw and spoke with David Mackay, our acquaintance. When we came to the journey's end, some five miles further, in my unoccupied evening I walked back again to the Bothy. But on a final crossing, still later in date was added, Come as soon as you can, be sure and do not miss me. Who would have guessed I should find my haven and end of my travel? Here, 
by accident too, and the bothy we left about so. Who would have guessed that here would she whose glance at Renoke turned me that mysterious way, yes, angels conspiring, slowly drew me, conducted me, home, to herself. The needle which in the shaken compass flew hither and hither, at last, long quivering, poises to north. I think so. But I am cautious, more, far more, than I was in the old silly days when I left you, though I much fear that my eyes may betray me. Still I am heedful. Any would try, and have learnt some self-control of manner. As I conceive, with staying and contemplating at Baloque, other things I hope, but clearly to be more attentive. Not at the Bothy now, at the change house and the Clatchen. Why I delay my letter is more than I can tell you. There was another scrap, without or date or comment, dotted over the various observations as follows. Only think, I had danced with her twice, and did not remember. I was as one that sleeps on the railway. One who dreaming hears through his dream the name of his home shouted out, hears and hears not, faint and louder again, and less loud, dying in distance, dimly conscious, with something of inward debate and choice, and sense of claim and reality present, relapses, nevertheless, and continues the dream and fancy well forward. Swiftly, remorseless, the car presses on, he knows not whither. Handsome who handsome is, who handsome does is more so. Pretty is all very pretty. It's prettier far to be useful. No fair lady Maria, I say not that, but I will say, stately is service accepted, but lovelier service rendered. Interchange of service, the law and condition of beauty. Anyway, beauty only to be the thing one is meant for. I, I am sure, for the sphere of mere ornament am not intended. No, nor she, I think, thy sister at Tobernafuyasich. No, she transcends it as far as I perhaps fall below it. This was the letter of Philip, and this had brought the tutor. This is why tutor and pupil were walking with David in Ellipsy. When for the night they parted, and these once more together, went lockside along the change house near the Clatchen. Thus to his pupil anon commenced the grave man Adam. Yes, she is beautiful, Philip, beautiful even as morning. Yes, it is which I said, the good and not the attractive. Happy that finds, and finding does not leave it. And by his side in silence walked Philip, and presently answered, Happy is he that finds, if he lose not, but happy and more too, blessed be he whose showing the seeker is changed to the finder. Ten more days did Adam with Philip abide at the change house. Ten more nights they met. They walked with father and daughter. Ten more nights, and night by night more distant away were, Philip and she, every night less heedful, by habit the father. Happy ten days, most happy, and otherwise than thought of. Fortunate visit of Adam, 
companion and friend to David. Happy ten days, be ye fruitful of happiness. Pass o'er them slowly. Slowly like crews of the prophet be multiplied even to ages. Pass slowly o'er them, ye days of October, ye soft misty mornings. Long dusky eves, pass slowly, thou great term time of Oxford. Awful with lectures and books, and little goes and great goes. Till, but the sweet bud be perfect recede, and retire for the lovers. Yeah, for the sweet love of lovers, postpone thyself even to doomsday. Pass o'er them slowly, ye hours. Be with them, ye loves and graces. And direct an evasive no longer, cowardly bather, clinging to the bow and rock, siddling along by the edges. In your faith, ye muses and graces, who love the plain present, scorning historic abridgment and artifice, anti-poetic. In your faith, ye muses and loves, ye loves and graces, I will confront the great peril and speak with the mouth of the lovers. As they spoke by the alders at evening, the runnel below them, Elpsby, a diligent knitter, and Philip her fingers watching. End of chapter 6